Am I supposed to say what I'm reading from? Or? Yeah. Uh, the, the, the thing of mine that's in the anthology is from something that Harper's ran under the title, I think, Take It to the Fair. Hi, Colin. Uh, and uh, this, this is just a little snippet of it that takes place on August 14, 1994 at 9.30 a.m. <clears throat> I'm once again at the capacious McDonald's tent at the edge, titanic inflatable clown again presiding. There's a fair-sized crowd in the basketball bleachers at one side and rows of folding chairs on another. It's the Illinois State Junior Baton Twirling Finals. A metal loudspeaker begins to emit disco and little girls pour into the tent from all directions, gambling and twirling in vivid costumes. In the stands, video cameras come out by the score and I can tell it's pretty much just me and a thousand parents. The Baroque classes and divisions, both team and solo, go from age three to 16 with epithetic signifiers. For example, the four-year-olds compose the sugar and spice division, and so on. I'm in a chair up front behind the competition's judges, introduced as, quote, varsity twirlers from the University of Kansas. They are four frosted blondes who smile a lot and blow huge grape bubbles. The twirler squads are all from different towns. Mount Vernon and Kankakee seem especially rich in twirlers. <laughs> the twirler spandex costumes, differently colored for each team, are paint tight and very brief in the legs. The coaches are grim, tan, live-looking women, clearly twirlers themselves once, on the far side of their glory now and very serious-looking, each with a clipboard and whistle. The teams go into choreographed routines, each routine with a title and a designated disco or show tune, full of compulsory baton twirling maneuvers with highly technical names. A mom next to me is tracking scores on what looks almost like an astrology chart and is in no mood to explain anything to a novice baton watcher. The routines are wildly complex and the loudspeaker's play-by-play -play is mostly in code. All I can determine for sure is that I've bumbled into what has to be the single most spectator hazardous event at the fair. Missed batons go all over, whistling wickedly. The three, four, and five-year-olds aren't that dangerous, though they do spend most of their time picking up drop batons and trying to hustle back into place. The parents of especially fumble-prone twirlers howl in fury from the stands as the coaches chew gum grimly. But the smaller girls don't really have the arm strength to endanger anybody, although one judge does take a sugar and spice baton across the bridge of the nose and has to be helped from the tent. But when the seven and eight-year-olds hit the floor for a series of, quote, armed service medleys in spandex, none of this is made up. In spandex with epaulets and officers' caps and batons over shoulders like M16s, now errant batons start pinwheeling into the tent, ceiling, sides, and crowd with real force. I myself duck several times. A man just down the road takes one in the solar plexus and falls out of his metal chair with a horrid crash. <laughs> the batons have regulation length embossed on the shaft and white rubber stoppers on each end, but it's that dry, hard kind of rubber, and the batons themselves are not light. I don't think it's an accident that police nightsticks are also called service batons. <laughs> Physically, even within same-age teams, there are marked incongruities in size and development. 
One nine-year-old is several heads taller than another, and they're trying to do an involved back-and-forth duet thing with just one baton, which ends up taking out a bulb in one of the tent steel hanging lamps and showering part of the stands with glass. A lot of the younger twirlers look either anorexic or gravely ill. There are no fat baton twirlers. A team of 10-year-olds in the ginger snap class have little cotton bunny tails on their costume bottoms and rigid paper mache ears, and they can do some serious twirling. A squad of 11-year-olds from Tawanda does an involved routine in tribute to Operation Desert Storm. <laughs> to most of the acts, there's either a cutesy, ultra-feminine aspect or a stern, butch military one. Very little in between. Starting with the 12-year-olds, there is, I'm afraid, a frank sexuality that begins to get uncomfortable. Oddly, it's the cutesy feminine routines that result in the really serious audience casualties. A dad standing up near the top of the stands with a Toshiba viewfinder to his eye takes a tomahawking baton directly in the groin, and he falls over on somebody eating a funnel cake, and they then take out good bits of several rows below them, and there's an extended halt to the action during which I decamp. And as I clear the last row of chairs, yet another baton comes warp, warping cruelly over my right shoulder, <laughs> caroming viciously off Big Ronald's inflated thigh. Yield the floor. <laughs>